the Black Swarm Podcast, baby. We're raw. And welcome to the week 13 edition of the Black Swarm Podcast. Hank Pipe here with Rob Antonell, as always. A uh, big win over the Canal Winchester Rubber Ducks, 34-0 by the Tigers there. Pretty uh, just dominant performance overall. Um, we can get into the game in a minute. Just We joked about it last week, but want to give a big congrats to Coach Moore with that 81st win, passing Coach Paul Brown as the all-time winningest football coach at Maslin. Um, saw somebody put up a stat. So he's sitting at number one with 81-21. and 21. Of course, Paul Brown, number two, 88-2. Uh, number three is Mike Currents at 79-16-2. They just had to get him out of there before he got his. Um, Chuck Mather at 57-3. and three. And this one just hurts to say, Jason Hall, 57-25. and 25. So, obviously, uh, <clears throat> you know, big. That's a, it's a historic thing. It's record stood 81 years, so to get his uh, 81st win at Maslin in the playoffs, last game at home, you know, kind of special. So big shout-out to Coach Moore, but uh, let's get into the game. Rob, you know, like I said, just total domination. What uh, What's your thoughts on it? Yeah, I mean, obviously the defense did their thing, went out there, um, held them to – it was like 62 yards total or something like that. Yeah. Uh, I think they had like 58 before we kind of subbed some players out. Mm-hmm. Uh, they didn't have any passing yards either at that time. So I think it was 58 rushing yards, no passing yards. They completed that one pass for like four yards, which yep. ended up giving them 62 total. So, I mean, you hold a team to 62 points, shut out, amazing job by the defense. Uh, nothing we haven't seen from them before, but... You know, time and time again, they're going out and uh, proving themselves. So I think they did their thing. Offense, you know, we, we got there. You know, we, we could show that uh, dominant performance. Uh, it wasn't just, you know, like flash in a pan, first play from scrimmage as an 80-yard touchdown kind of game. But, you know, we were able to put the points on the board when it counted. Um, we, uh, we did some things with them. You know, I, I think that we, we forced their hand. They had to try to start doubling Banks there a little bit. They are bracketing him, uh, and we went straight to that run game and just pounded away on him. Uh, so it, it's nice when you can kind of force the defense's hand or you, you're balanced enough that you can do both. You know, we can threaten you outside or we can run. So defenses have to respect both. Puts them in a really tough spot if they don't have the matchups, uh, and that's something that's just going to continue forward. Uh, so I, I think offense went out there and did their thing also. So it was nice that we can just go out there and pound the rock when we want to. Uh, yeah. You know, it's just looking at some stats here. They only had four first downs for the entire night. Um, let me see here. Yeah, ended up passing. They were one for four with uh, three yards. Not ideal. 
total offense, yeah, they had 62 yards on 36 plays for a whopping 1.7 yards per play. Not uh, not quite your three yards in the cloud of dust offense that they were going for. They finished 3 for 12 on third down. Well, we finished 5 for 10, but we were 3 for 3 on fourth. It was only those first two drives where you're trying to figure out, you know, how is the defense going to play you that we stalled a little bit both times. It was, uh, you know, we come to a second long call, some variation of smash. Uh, Slaughter tries to hit the corner out the banks and just overthrew it a little bit. Happens, drive stalls. Then after that, we just didn't let up. It was, I think we had one fumble in the evening, and besides that, every other drive ended in a touchdown for us. Um, and this stat is insane. The farthest they got downfield was on their first drive when they got to their own 43. It was, I mean, beyond that, it was, uh, you know, ended at their own 35, 28, 33, 35, 26, 18, 36, and 25 yard line. That's just total, complete domination and, uh, I mean, above and beyond even what we expected going into that game. You know, we thought, we talked about it, it was going to be another Perry-type team where they're going to play ball control offense, try and pound the rock, going right into the teeth of our defense with that front mm-hmm. seven, and obviously they didn't have the catch to get it done. Their defense, um, I couldn't tell what they were doing at first, but it looked like they were just playing everything, pinching up in the middle all night, trying to take away our power game, mess with our rules a little bit by their alignment. And that's what opened up the outside runs for us. And we went to that early and relatively often. It's not something that you can really lean on the outside zone if it's not what you're majoring in on offense. It's one of those plays that if you want to be really good at it, it has to be like the heart of your offense. But, you know, when you could sprinkle it in there as a nice auxiliary run, it's really good to have in the back pocket. Um between last week at Perry with a lot of the counter we ran at them uh, and various other teams, either counter or our zone stuff, we have a nice uh, menu for our run game that is really going to be hard to stop if you're selling out to stop one. So they decided they want to sell out to stop power, and we just went, all right, we got other uh, we got other tricks up our sleeve. Can you stop those? And they couldn't. Uh, let me see here. So... One run play I wanted to talk about specifically, I think it's the first time we've done it all year, really since this coaching staff has been how it is, is we ran counter, but we had we kept the back on the same side. Normally when, we have, when we're running with the back aligned on the same side that he's going to be hitting the hole on, it's just like a straight downhill run. This time it looked like they were trying to fake the cross face action and then hit go hit backside. So when we line up in our like with our fullback and tailback on the same side of the quarterback, we're either running power that way or it's going to be some kind of zone run opposite. Um, when we split them, so fullbacks on one side, running backs on the other, it's almost always going to be some kind of zone run where the running back's crossing face and going towards the fullback. We can pull the fullback, have him seal backside on like kind of a slice block, but the running back's always going to be crossing face. 
So by installing that, we now have a run play that threatens when we line up with those split backs like that. Defense can't just say, oh, they're running this way. Um, that's just out of our base personnel. For our When we get in our heavy stuff with the tight end, fullback, Pringle, and trail in the backfield, pre-snap that it's a very balanced look for us we can attack either side because either running back is a good ball carrier and a good blocker and then the fullback and the tight end are both good at the point of attack historically for us in the last few years the tight end whatever whoever we've had there has been more of like a just kind of seal backside we'd always try and run away from him but um what's his name davenport yeah davenport he's a really good guy to have at the point of attack he does his job does his job very well so we can run power at him away from him inside outside zone whatever we want he can be <clears throat> one of the crucial blocks of the play and we can count on that post snap though all you have to do is read the flow of the backs and whichever way they're going is where the ball's going granted it's going to be power inside mid or outside zone so like the fits are going to be different but you can get just a general feel of where the ball is going with that same side counter action there so if it's uh trails left pringles right and trails getting the ball they're both going to the right every time um with that same side counter though pringles gonna go right trails gonna go like he's going right and then bounce back and you're hitting counter left so it's a very good now we got a post snap change up look that teams have to prepare for. So they can't just tell your linebackers, hey, read the flow of the backs and follow it. So one more uh like I said, just one more trick to have up the sleeve. And that kind of sent me down a rabbit hole of looking at our running backs on as a whole, how many yards they've lost throughout the entire season. Over under, what would you guess? Like getting tackled for a loss. So I'm counting Trell, Mitchell, uh, Little Lennox, Pringle, Freddie Lennox, Gamble, and Wiggins. He's got a few jet sweeps. You're asking for how many yards? Yeah. Ballpark. Um, Twenty-four. You are close. It's been, well, with just the running backs, it was 23. And then Wiggins lost three yards on a jet sweep somewhere along the line. (laughs) For a team that's just going to line up and run the ball down your throat, and the defense knows that, for us to only have, you know, 23 yards lost from all of our running backs on the season is incredible and not only does it speak to the running backs you know the talent they have and trusting their line I think it really speaks to the line not missing any assignments not allowing any run-throughs always getting at least giving the running back an opportunity to make it back to the line of scrimmage if everything's clogged up so not a lot of stats you can look at for like your offensive linemen they're not they're really never going to show up in the stat book but I think that's one you can look at for running backs to really get a feel for how good the line is and how well that how much your running backs also trust the line that the hole is going to be there too so 
with that, that's pretty much all I got on that game. Rob, you got any other thoughts? No, I mean, I think it's interesting what you're talking about, uh, the different concepts that we have going out there. Uh, I mean, from the way that I'm taking it is it's not anything, you know, revolutionary. It, it, it's not, it shouldn't change anything that a defense actually reads the play. Mm-hmm. It's just preventing them from anticipating a play. Yeah, they can't so key in on you're stuff. You're not keying in on it. Um, you know, you can't, you're less likely to try to scheme or blitz into something correctly now. Uh, so now you're forcing them to actually read the play like like they should be. No mm-hmm. cheating the system now. So keeping the defense honest and uh, letting your play do the talk for you. So I, I think that's great. You know, the last thing you ever want is for a team to start keying on you because, you know, that takes uh, puts you at a disadvantage for sure. So mm-hmm. uh, it's always nice to have plays that work off of each other, whether it's keeping a team honest or making them try to defend multiple things. So uh, it's it's less of a trick up your sleeve as much as just making the defense stay completely honest. But uh, it's an advantage for us. So it's good to, good to see and hear that we're still doing that. Yeah, and, you know, it may seem like a little thing of where the running back and fullback line up relative to what play is going to run. But really good uh, teams, really good defenses are going to key on that. They're going to look at that stuff. Um, that's something all the high-level teams probably look at is running back alignment and where the run concepts are going from there. So, yeah, just something else that, like you said, the defense can't automatically just tee off on and make it harder to defend us. So mm-hmm. with Yeah, I mean, that's – so, like, just watching the games – I. I never thought about it, but yeah, it seemed like every time we had the two back set, you know, we were always using one as a lead. Mm-hmm. So, but what I didn't correlate that to is linebackers can just read the backfield now. You know, normally you don't want your linebackers reading the backfield. You want them reading. I mean, I guess it could change, but I guess in general, usually they read like through a guard mm-hmm. into the backfield. What's your guard doing? That kind of tells you what the play is. But yeah, I guess if you are just always leading, you can just watch it that way. So. Uh, just keeping defenses honest. But those are the things that good teams, good coaches notice. Uh, the alignments for sure, because I know at lower levels, intermediate levels, I mean, even good teams still do it. But um, it's it's a very easy trend to notice with a lot of teams. So the good coaches do it. The good teams recognize it. So make sure that uh, your team doesn't have too many. Yeah. And not to say that, that the like in the split backs always going with the same flow is a bad thing i mean you're getting an extra hat and extra block at the point of attack there's nothing wrong with it you just don't want a team to automatically key on it every single time exactly unless you want them to and then you boot back away from it <laughs> all <laughs> yeah. right but no in general yeah you, you'd rather keep them guessing than save a trick off of it or something yeah mm-hmm. so with that, uh, we'll get into a little film room action right after we get in our read from our sponsor, Ground Zero MMA. If you're looking for any kind of fighting gym, uh, you know, you want to get into any kind of MMA, boxing, kickboxing, jujitsu, wrestling, yoga, always good to get, you know, get stretched out. I've been getting back harder in the weight room a little bit since getting over being sick for the last month and a half, and my body's feeling it. I think I might stop down there sometime, get a little yoga action in. Uh, get some private one-on-one lessons. Uh, if you, it's something you want to get your kids into. They got that training for the kiddies as well. 
Uh, so you can go ahead and check them out at GroundZeroMMA.com, Ground Zero Mass and Martial Arts on Facebook, or GZ underscore MMA on Instagram, or just go down, check them out in person at 133 First Street Northeast, Maslin, right across the street from Maslin Transmission and Chloe's Diner. Uh, what about the other sponsor? The other sponsor? Yeah. Uh, you want to remind me who the other sponsor is? I mean, I'll just do it for you, I guess, so that's go for, okay. Go for it. Uh, yeah, so if you're a Tiger fan, uh, or any fan, really, for that matter, and you're traveling through Maslin, Ohio, and you enjoy pizza, uh, you can go to any pizza joint in the entire city, and if you tell them the code word Black Swarm, you'll pay regular price. <laughs> you will indeed pay regular price at any pizzeria in Maslin for mentioning Black Swarm. Yep. So, big shout out to Pizza. Uh, and with that, we'll get into a little film room action, huh? Sounds good. All right. Now for a little film room action. Uh, check out the absolute beatdown we put on Canal Winchester. So, up first, we got some Marcus Moore highlights. Job's pretty easy as a D tack when you just go untouched. Yeah. And you leave the three tack untouched. That's. Yeah. Okay. Definitely a. That's certainly a strategy. They must have done their scouting report at least. I mean, they had to have. You yeah, know. he is a guy you can leave unblocked, no yeah, problem. Yeah. Marcus Moore, he's just a body in there. He's not yeah, any uh-uh. sort of dude that we no, have. Uh huh. Not that running back. No, he was there. Let the quarterback know, too. Okay, got a little bit of a push there. I like this play right here. They motion the fullback away and then just run the quarterback away from where they're running it to. Just different key, kind of a tendency breaker for him. Clogging up that gap. Giving him nowhere to go. Keeping his linebackers clean. That's what he's doing. Love to see it. Bringing a little heat. Just, they had nowhere to run all night, man. Straight down the line, limit it. Yep. Just strong at a point of attack, not getting pushed back at all, holding his gaps. Mm-hmm. All right, up next, I think we got uh, Cody Fair. Little cross dog blitz, takes out the running back, doesn't give up on the play, chases him down from behind. Yeah, that play looked like it was in fast forward. It kind of did. But, I mean, you just shot out of a can on that one. I mean, it's plays like that that uh, had him pick up his first college offers this week. From Ashland. Ashland.
Starters on kickoff. Special teams matter, ladies and gents. Alright. Now we got a little Pringle action. You can see there what that extra hat at the point of attack does. Take out that corner. Yeah, that hit right where it needed to. He's a bad man carrying the football. He is tough to bring down, that's for sure. Doesn't let the lineman get to him. Chases down the quarterback. Yeah, it's a great play. Just untouched. Fills the gap. It's not his fault if they don't block him. Yep. Slow punt. Or slow, uh, kind of a high-arching snap there. Never what you want from your long snapper. Yeah, I mean, they weren't great at snapping. But, you know, get there. Get a clean block. I like to coach this up a little bit. But, uh, you know, once that ball starts rolling backwards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in this situation, it's scoop and score or get out of the way. Don't dive on it. Don't dive on the ball. Let it roll. You know, there's absolutely no reason to go for it, right? But then once it starts bouncing out of the way, yeah, you need to make a play on the ball well, or, I mean, or it, let it go. It yeah. did start bouncing forward, like giving them more yards. It, or uh, us. No, no, five, it's five yards on a blocked kick. You just take it. Um. But, no, I, I definitely want to go for it here. But once you make the decision that you're, like, going to dive on it, mm. yeah, you're better off letting it go. The last thing you want is that thing squirting out of your hands. It goes forward for an extra two yards. They jump on it. Yeah. I mean, hey, see ball, get ball. Yeah. I'm all for a scoop and score. Got a scoop and score, boys. But once you make that decision to dive on it, there's... There's no more. There's no reason to dive on it. Yeah. No jump cut. And that's just... a lot of body <laughs> jump cutting like that. It's a great athlete. Great athlete. Look at that. Little Takes jump one cut, guy. Gets outside. Yeah. Man. Just lets one guy let him know he's there, mm -hmm. and carries the pile. Whoop. He's uh he's gonna be picking up some big time offers here in the near future. Mm -hmm. I know he's had some Mac schools looking at him. Um, was he down at Tennessee? I'm I know not sure. Trell went down to Tennessee, and so did. I want to say it was Pringle. Hmm. That sounds right. Uh, if you said it confidently, I believe you. Trell was one of them, and I think the other one was Pringle. They went down to Tennessee. Not this weekend, but the weekend before that. That sounds right. Something, so, like, something like that. Something like that. So keep her moving. Now getting a little more offense. Got the man himself, Trail. Record-breaking night for him as well. Mm -hmm. Hasn't had a game this year under 100 yards. Got look at that wall by the offensive line. Just look at that wall of bodies. 
Yeah, you can't draw that up any better. That was the uh, same side counter action. We'll see that in the next highlight reel. Get a better look at it. Well, outside zone. Hey, if they're giving up the edge. Yeah, line did a. They're doing a great job of reaching there. Mm-hmm. Great job of getting outside and sealing. Getting everybody sealed inside. Perfect. Look at that. Even the fullbacks getting in on it. That's just. That's how you build the wall on outside zone right there. Pringle making a great block. Sealing a guy inside on that one. Swoop. That's a very underrated play by Trell on that. That little right here. Looks like he wants to bounce outside. Sees the guy. Shoulders square, ready to make the tackle. Quick cut right yeah. up inside. That's, up into the hole. That's the Nick Chubb one cut running style right there. Plant your foot. Get upfield. Yep. And, I mean, setting him up, too, on that. Like, getting just right there at the hole, then bouncing it back inside exactly where the ball's supposed to go, right where your blockers are. Mm -hmm. Don't get much prettier than that one. Now we got some Andre Jones action. So here you can see there, to our full backside, they're just giving up the edge. They are begging for that outside zone which we started hitting later in the game. This one, pretty early on. I think it's first possession. But this is what I'm talking about with... So, when you want to run power left, you got a guy inside your tackle, so he's got a down block on him. You got a guy inside your guard, he's got a down block on him. And a guy... Backside is three tech, so center's got to get back on him. So the fullback is going to have to go kick out on that outside linebacker just way up and off on the 25-yard line, and you don't have any sort of double team to take care of the backside linebacker because you got your guard wrapped for the front side, but then you're asking your backside tight end to try and get back up on him. That's not an easy block, not something that most anyone's going to make. So here you can see the... Uh, down, 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 down. Yep. <laughs> but you can, on this one, watch the flow of the backers, or the two running backs. You can see what it's like for a, kind of, what it's like for a linebacker reading that. And here is the counter. Nope. Next one's counter. Nice to see him finishing his blocks. Yeah. Love the tenacity. The tenacity. So here you'll see Pringle go out block to our left. Trell look like he's flowing left and then bounce it back to our right. Whoop. Just look at that. Everybody's getting their reach on outside zone. Just 
building that wall, not letting anybody outside. Beautiful. So that should be it for the offensive highlights. We can turn the page. Now on to Big Walnut. Saw them last year in the playoffs, our last victory last year, right? Sure. I think it was like 38-0 shutout. So with that, first yeah. guy first guy up is their running back, I believe. They're a big running team, so this their offense rolls through this guy. Nate Severs. 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 Doesn't look fast, but does look powerful. He's got that deceptive shiftiness to him. Looks decent. Yeah, I mean, like you said, doesn't have that breakaway speed. But that's not a necessity. Yeah. Can be a really good running back without being the fastest guy on the field. Mm-hmm. You can see there, they like their uh, power run game, a lot like we do. A little bit of outside zone action. Um, and 252 yards on offense. Not bad. Next up, we got a a DB wide receiver. Okay. Unfortunately, couldn't see him, whatever move he made on that corner, but... Not bad, snagging a lollipop out of the air like that. Whoop. Trying to get a little trickeration in there with the end around. Way to make something out of nothing, kid. That was an end around from 2004. Yeah. And that was a pass for middle school. Yeah, I mean, I get, in general, it, it's not like they're playing great competition that we've seen so far. I mean, I guess you could kind of say the same thing about Maslin over the last, like, six weeks, but... Yeah. A little tunnel screen action. So, I'm seeing a couple screens, an end around, a fade. Let's see if they have, like, any el- anything else in the repertoire. That was a play that we called Sparrow back when we played. What's that, a play action in a tunnel screen? Just this, like, boundary one-guy tunnel screen, yeah. Mm. Sparrow, because Rob Partridge was a big... Uh, big bird guy? Uh, Pirates of the Caribbean guy. Ah. And they said, what do you want to call this? So that's all we got for him. Lastly, our D-end. Doesn't look very big. We'll get into the roster later, but this is my first impressions on their team. Okay. I mean, 
I'm waiting for this to be his highlight. Okay. Chase <laughs> it down. Does he get the ball out? No. no okay. He well, just chase it down. Good effort, kid. Yeah. Okay. Comes unblocked. All right. So he will crash. Went unblocked. Chase it down. Squeezes. Chases it down. Okay. Jab holding the point of attack, making it bounce like that. Disengage from the tackle and make the play. Yeah, so I know it's not, it's obviously not going to be on his highlight, mm-hmm. but I want to see what happens when he tries to take on a kickout block. Because I'm guessing he might get kickout blocked. Well, it looked like from that first highlight when that was he a went. Nice, that was a nice rep. Yeah. Nice swim move on that one. Just a little shoot, shoot. Looks like a finesse guy that kind of knows what his job is in the run. Yeah. I'm just wondering if he can hold up to it is the thing. Like You can see him. He's squeezing. He's getting hands on. It seems like he's, he knows what he's doing. I just, I'm wondering if we pull somebody across at him, mm-hmm. is he going to be able to take that in the chest? So what stood out to me, especially on this first one, is he goes... He doesn't get touched. He's just an unblocked guy here on this play, and he squeezes down hard on that tackle, not giving any room to make that kickout block. So watch this rep here. See the tackle blocking down hard left, and he just stays tight to that line. Yeah, I mean, it's a good play. He kind of makes himself unblockable there. Mm -hmm. I, I don't... I'd like to see more of that to see how intentional that was. I did see later on that he does squeeze down. He didn't not that hard. Yeah. But he did do it. I mean, that's a good rep. It's hard for your line the lineman to even see him mm-hmm. when he's down like that. But this one he just gets sealed right away. Yep. It's those ones where he gets hands on and stays square. I just wonder if he has the size to get hands-on and stay square. Go back to that one. This is the one I want to, I want to see. All right. Because this one, he comes straight downhill. Was there a tight end over there? Looks like... No, no tight end. Uh, well, uh... Go back. Is 75 the center? Pause it as soon as it... Yeah, 75 is your center, 32 is your tight end. So backside, they're actually pulling the backside tackle. Yeah. He's downhill right away. Okay. That might have been like quarterback supposed to read it. But it was a bad snap. So he just had to get the do his best to get the ball in the chest and give it to your runner. Yeah, and if you see the timing right there, like here he is trying to make a decision. Yeah. You're kind of blind to it, the tackle's still in the way. But, yeah, by the time he gives it to him, then. These were uh, all run plays, too, weren't they? Mm Mm-hmm. So you can't really see what he does. They are playing Canal Winchester here, I believe. Uh, Yeah, so. It shows you the competition. Yeah. 
And you can see here they like the just their base defense. Like to sit in the cover four. It's uh, alignment wise and. I'm guessing vaguely assignment-wise, it's similar to what we run with our four-down stuff. So a not unfamiliar defense that we've played. It'll be interesting to see uh, if they change it up at all when they come in to play us. So with that... I suppose we can get out of film room, get into our preview of Big Walnut, huh? Is that all of it, huh? Yep, that's all. Alrighty. Alright. Alright, so Sunbury Big Walnut, currently sitting at 10-2 and two on the season. Um, really haven't played much competition. Only got one, two, three, four teams in the regular season that finished above 500, and then... They beat Watkins Memorial last week in the playoffs, a 9-2 team, but a pretty low seed, so kind of tells you the competition that they played. Let's see. I think they went... It's a close game, too. I think uh, Walnut pulled ahead at the end yeah. to win by one score. Um, only went 1-2 and two against those teams. Well, 1-3, and three, I guess. 2-2. Two and two. Math is hard. Against the teams over 500. Uh, let me see here. They put a pretty good smackdown on a six and four Beechcroft, 59 to 24. Didn't get much. Well, I lost a one score game against a 10 and one Westerville South, 31 24. And then lost to Canal Winchester, 21 14. And we saw the product that they put on the football field last Friday. Yeah. So, you know, it's uh, I these early round playoff games, man. <laughs> it's week three. It's week <laughs> thirteen of the playoffs. It's tech. It's, it's technically ridiculous. week two. Yeah, I know. But like, I'm just stating how the playoffs are now. Oh. You know, you're yeah three weeks in, and I mean, it it doesn't help that our division is in general kind of weaker competition but um yeah it's, that's the type of teams yeah that you're gonna see so playoffs we don't get to pick the teams we just play who we got so rob you want to give us a little bit of a preview on uh, their personnel yeah so we just watched them of course but uh we'll start their offensive line as always they go six four two ninety five Six three two fifty, six four two twenty, six foot two twenty, six two two forty five. So, uh, left tackle got a, a bigger guy. Um, he's noticeably a bigger guy. Uh, I mean, then their left guard, six three two fifty, is a pretty decent size. But the other guy's a little bit undersized, uh, and in general, not the strongest unit that we faced all year. Definitely a little bit uh, of a lighter offensive line we've seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, so their quarterback, uh, he's a junior, 6'2", 200. We saw a little bit of him on those highlights. Uh, as you said, they run the ball. That, that's what they do. They will run with the quarterback some. It looks like their passing game is mostly quick screens, uh, some RPO, see him take a deep shot every now and then. Uh, it looks like he's an adequate thrower, uh, nothing amazing, and they don't do it all that often. Mm. Uh, 
that running back that we showed, we talked about, looks like that that's the guy for him. Uh, he's 5'11", 210, pretty good-sized running back. Uh, he's not the fastest guy in the world, but he does have, you know, decent, adequate speed. Uh, but he runs hard. Looks like he was. he's a pretty good athlete. He's, he's able to find a hole and make some plays. So, um, I mean, there, there's kind of the spark for them. Mm-hmm. Give him a little bit of a crease, and, you know, he'll, he'll make something. So, uh, I, I don't know if we will limit him to... 58 yards rushing <laughs> or the team to 58 yards rushing like we did last week but we're damn our, sure gonna try oh absolutely i mean i want to go for 48 this week i want to so, go for zero yeah um negative total yards that'd be a big walnut that'd be fun i think there would be a case for the ohsa to have to switch their playoff format <laughs> yeah. if a week 13 team had negative yards so uh i mean that that's kind of the way their offense runs they have a couple of receivers that they listed one of them we watched uh, film of he's 5'11", 195. Uh, outside of that, six foot one eighty five, five nine one seventy. It like we've stated before, you get the screens, uh, a little bit of RPO action, uh, the end around that we saw, but it, it it's short screens, RPOs, and fades. Mm-hmm. Right, it, it's a pretty simplistic offense uh, from of the passing attack standpoint. So. Uh, once again, we're going to be facing a team that runs the ball a lot, so yeah. we should be used to it. It's a, it's a simplistic offense post-snap, I think, would be a better way to clarify that because they will formation the fuck out of teams, get into a bunch of different unbalanced sets, quad sets, um, just a whole bunch of different formations that make it difficult for the defense to align to, make their job a little bit easier post-snap. So I think that's something they try and do to get away, you know, try and get around the fact that they're a little bit undersized as a team and not necessarily a great throwing football team. So that's something that, uh, you know, you're going to have to game plan for. Have it, It's easy when a team wants to come out and run like two or three different formations on you because mm-hmm. you just know where to line up at. Yeah. And then it's easier to go make the play. When a team is throwing 50 different formations at you, you it's more thinking, less just playing. So that's something, uh, something to look at. See, you know, see what they try and do on in that regard. But uh, post snap, power outside zone, some screens, a couple deep shots, and that's about it as far as I can tell. So we move on to the defense here. So their defensive line goes six four two thirty five eleven two sixty five five eleven two ten. Six one two ten. That's at uh, number five that we watched the film of. Six one two ten. Tyon Fountain. Tyon Fountain. Uh, so, in general, their defense line is is athletic. They're not overly big. They're not overly strong. Um, but they have good get offs. Uh, it seems like they use their hands well. Uh, from the film that we watched, it looks like number five is. I mean, he's he seems to know what he's doing. He's coached up pretty well. So. Uh, across the board, it seems like that might be kind of a, a decent preview of their whole line. In general, they're they're not huge, so I would expect them to get pushed around maybe a little bit, but they could scheme that up, use their quickness to their advantage, mm-hmm. might see some, some of that action from them. Uh, let's see, moving on to their linebackers, 5'11", 195, 6'2", 6'4", the interesting thing with their linebacking core, two of them played different positions last year. One was a defensive lineman, and one was a safety. Hmm. And it kind of seems like in both regards, those players were better 
at their positions they played last year. Yeah. And now this year, I'm, I'm guessing they had some kind of hole that really needed filled in their linebacking core. And that's the best they could do? Because it's not that they are um, necessarily bad linebackers, but it seemed like it was a better fit for them being the safety and the defense alignment than it is being a linebacker. So guessing that they don't have a lot of depth at linebacker, they probably needed it to happen this year. And uh, they took two kids that they thought could step up and take on that role. Uh, let's see here. Safeties, 6'2", 190, 5'11", 195. Um, so the free safety, I uh, believe that is also the receiver that we looked at uh, on film. Yep. Uh, he's, he's a good athlete. Uh plays the field well the other safety um not quite as strong as uh their free it's listed as strong safety free safety uh the free safety is the one that we watched film of uh he seems like a good athlete this strong safety uh a little bit lacking he's a little bit younger a little bit leaner as well so um that could be a matchup we could look for Mm mm-hmm their corners are 6'1", 185, 5'11", 180. Oh, that's a tremendous name. Teddy Dancer. Teddy Dancer, yeah. Phenomenal name right there. Would you like to try to announce the other guy's name? Evan. Evan. <laughs> How about the last name? Um, No, he's just Evan. It's just Evan. Yeah, yeah that's probably as close as I was going to get also. Uh, so let's see here. Uh, it, it seems like they, they play their zones decent they have some speed nothing really to write home with them either way you know no huge negatives that are spotted uh no just amazing things either that like jump off tape so yeah uh i i think that it's gonna be similar to our last six games i mean excluding mckinley's its own thing but yeah you know every you know it's just kind of been a role of this this style of uh team this caliber of team so it's uh, it's gonna be interesting to see how we step up to it again. You know, I I like the aspect of the defense. Every single week has the mission to go out there and shut teams out. Uh, no yards, no scores. Don't let them cross the fifty. Uh, let's see if the offense can go out there and just keep clicking, keep keep gelling because I think that is the key to the longevity of our season is how efficient and how cohesive our offense can be. Because we've seen spurts of amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've seen spurts of, you know, let's get it together. Yeah. Frustr- so, frustrating, I think, would be the word there. So I think, it, not that we've done anything wrong in the playoffs so far, but we need to make sure that when it comes time in a key game that we are we're right there. We're all on the same page. We're cohesive. Everything's clicking. So another week for the offense to keep getting right mm-hmm. and get to the best of their ability. I think they've been right for the most part, really, the last uh, last couple of playoff games. The thing, it's just hard to judge is my point. Yeah. I, like I'm saying, there's there's nothing about our offense throughout the playoffs that like has concerned me at all, right? Mm-hmm. It's just not against the opponent to where I can truly gauge if we are firing on all cylinders or not. And I think that as a fan is concerning that we've had one, two, you know, five blowout games in a row. Yeah. Once again, we're not talking about McKinley. That's all out the window. 
five blowout games in a row, it's hard for a fan to see where we're at as a team, right? I know the mm-hmm. coaches see it every single day. They're working practice. They know. They know. But as the fan, it's like we haven't seen it yet. So uh, I, I just want to make sure that when we keep moving forward that our offense still looks like this. Yeah. So uh, just one more week to keep working it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, just go out there, execute, do your job, and quite frankly should look pretty similar to the last couple playoff games. Mm-hmm. So with that, uh, that's our preview of Big Walnut. Um, we're going to get some spreads, some Q&As. What do you want to get into? Uh, what do you want to do first? Uh, let's check out some uh, local spreads. Okay. Let me get it pulled up real quick. All righty. 16 games on the docket. All right. Ten of them are high school. We have Dalton. So these are all neutral game. You know, we're, we're all yeah. on the same page here, right? Yeah. Uh, so, Dalton versus Kirtland. Kirtland, 21.5 point favorites. Um, I don't know a thing about either team. Kind of surprised Dalton's still in it. Yeah, me too. Kind of surprised Dalton made it, just because it's Dalton. Yeah. Um, 21's a lot to cover in week three of the playoffs. So, eh, eh, eh. I'll, I'll take Kirtland. Yeah, me too. Jefferson area. Jefferson area. Not even like a school, city, township, just area. It's Jefferson area. Yeah, I, I feel like this is a conglomerate of smaller subsidiaries that have names for their towns and village, villages that yeah. don't have school districts. Actually, I have no clue. <laughs> Jefferson area could be a huge city. I mean, they're playing. They're playing Canton South, so that's what division it is. Okay. Uh, Canton South is favored by seven and a half. Canton South seven and a half. Um, Stark County still rolls. Yeah, I mean, let's let's roll with it. Canton South seven seven and a half. Okay, here's a here is one that like we can be somewhat familiar with. All right, Book Dole. Ooh. Is playing West Branch. Uh-huh. And West Branch is 15 and a half point favorites. 15 and a half? Yes. Against Booktel. Yes. So I know that West Branch has made many appearances in the Stark Media Guys mm. top ten That's Stark where I know County from. teams. Thank you. Um, but then again, there was like a, a team of fourth graders that was on that list for a couple weeks in a row. So <laughs> Well, I think that one is a pretty <laughs> that that one's pretty skewed one way. Not that I have any problem with the skew. So West Branch, okay, all right. Um, yeah, they're forwarding around the Star County top ten list there for quite a while, I think. So yeah, uh, and it's fifteen and a half. Fifteen and a half for West Branch. Man, I mean, Bookville's got some speed. They are a feisty team. I'm surprised they're still in it. Quite frankly, I think Bookdale covers, but West Branch gets the W. I don't know. Everything I just said about West Branch is the extent of my West Branch knowledge. All right. Uh, but I'm hammering Bookdale. Hammering Bookdale. All right. I told you that Bookdale was going to cover last week against Northwest. Yeah. 
and then I let me pull it up. I feel like they smacked Northwest. Um, do 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 do. They did. What what was the schmackin' score? Thirty-one to fourteen. Yeah, that's smacking as, as underdogs. As dogs, uh, that's at, right. At Northwest, I mean, if it matters. Yeah. At Northwest, as underdogs, beat them up pretty good. I thought they were dogs last week. Yeah. Damn. So, I, I mean, I I'd, I'd love to see the comparison of what West Branch and Northwest are, mm-hmm. but I think fifteen and a half is a lot of points for West Branch against Bookdale. Once again, Bookdale played us tough for that scrimmage. Um, do you want a comparison? I mean, Northwest has a W in it. West Branch also has a W. Yeah, both that, that's both true. two word names. Uh, uh, they're high schools. Yeah, they are high schools. Uh, they have football teams. Yeah, yep. They will both have played Bookdale this year, and they are. They both made the playoffs as well. Yeah. So. Yeah, I'm taking West Branch to get the W, um, but I'll take Bookle to recover. I'm taking Bookle. Canfield playing Ursuline. Ursuline minus four and a half. Ursuline's duty. Give me Canfield. I'm rolling with Ursuline. Ursuline had a decent record. Um, that's why a lot of people like thought Fitch was amazing. Yeah, I was gonna say they were Fitch's like premier game, and you saw what we did to Fitch. Well, watching the Fitch Ursuline game is all I needed to know about Ursuline. Well, yeah, but I too. think outside of Fitch, Ursuline kind of took care of business this year. So maybe Canfield is just another one of those similar teams. Uh, Ursuline covers. All right, here we go. Get into some big boy games. Mentor versus Medina. Medina Ooh. minus 12 and a half. Medina minus 12. Wow. Yeah, you got to pay attention, kid. I mean, that's kind of like the heart of this segment is I don't. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Medina and Medina Highland are both good this year. Damn. I mean, of course, Medina has been good. Yeah. But that was to the credit of the number one quarterback in the country being on their team. It he's, does he's, tend to help things. He's no longer there. But they are still good. They're like second or third ranked. They're like the number two or number three seed. Yeah. Something like that. Damn. Man, I can't see Mentor not at least covering. Yeah, this is also the Mentor that should have lost McKinley last week. Did they lose? They did not. There you go. They didn't cover, though. Hey. hey. They backed. Wait, what? Mentor backdoor one, but didn't cover. I thought they were dogs. No. I think Mentor was minus seven against McKinley. Oh. Let me pull it up. Oh, so when you say should have lost. Okay, I see what you're saying. No, Got yeah, it. no, they should have lost the game. Got it. Yeah, Got they, it. Were Got mi- it. they were minus seven, and they were winning. They scored with like 40 seconds left or something. Um. A broken scramble crossbody guy wide open on the other side of the field play went for two they got it but yeah mckinley was winning hey, up until they, up until the end they just in, need, a, in a low scoring fair too it wasn't like a shootout they just need to hit that to cover i don't need them to win uh i'm gonna go with medina to cover all right two touchdowns we'll, we'll roll with that all right 
Iggy Eds Eds by 20 and a half. 20 and a half. All right, who was the one that made like the f- like damn near 50 point comeback? Iggy. Iggy. Okay. Last, last week, yep. And Eds is minus how many? 20 and a half. 20 and a half. Yeah, Mentor was down by how much? Like 40? 38 something? Yeah. Um to Cleveland Heights. Which I does be- have a good team. I believe it was Cleveland Heights. And they came back and won. I mean, can't have a historic comeback without being like down bad. So props to them. Great storyline. But uh, here's where the season ends because Edge is going to roll. Did they cover? Yes. You talk, yep, I think you, I think so too. Twenty and a half. We'll go three touchdowns. Um, Coach Lombardo up there going against yeah. Iggy for a second time, I imagine. So you talked me out of Ed's covering Jackson last week. I'm not letting that. All right, listen. Again. Jackson just needed one. One bounce needed to go my way, and Jackson covers. Did it? If they could hold Ed's, like you know, I didn't look at the box score, but like if they can just keep them from scoring quick right away off the jump draw it out just a little bit one score that's all jackson needed jackson needed one garbage time score and they would have covered that was it i never protect the team to get shut out they did so they didn't cover woulda coulda shoulda baby they didn't cover they didn't cover i know i'm i'm not like i'm not i'm not wasn't changing my prediction i'm just mad about it so whatever uh all right the holy war v2 St. V's at Hoban. Hoban, 16 and a half. 16 and a half? Yeah, you think that's a lot or not a lot? I think that's a lot. Yeah. Especially for how close they played last time. I mean, St. V almost beat them, right? It was close for a little bit. Had to make sure the rivalry had another contract get signed. Oh, yeah. Hoban does that a lot. Hoban gets in close games every now and then. Like, teams Mm -hmm. will play them tough, and then they'll pull away. Or, I mean, sometimes sometimes they do just barely win. I remember in the playoffs, they almost lost a couple years ago. Avon, Avon Lake. Avon. One, one of them. One of them, I think. Yeah. I mean, like, there's teams that all Hudson plays them tough. Uh, Walsh Jesuit plays them tough. So they end up pulling away, but it, it's it's close there for a little bit with some of these teams. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Hoban almost lost. Uh, I think they, they had to go for two when they got it in overtime. Yeah. They went for two and got it, and that's how they won. Or, yeah, I think that's it. Sounds right. One of the teams went for two, and it ended up going in Hobart's favor. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that was, I think that was the same night that we played Perry at Lake for the regional championship. I think I remember walking out of there, and like we were looking, yeah. we were looking up the Hoban game as it was happening because they almost lost. Uh, yeah, I mean that does happen to him every now and then. So, but it's, you know, second time playing St. V this year. Uh, you know, probably advantage Hoban in, I mean, in that situation. Definitely advantage Hoban for that. Seen them before. They're a very good, like, scouting game, planning yep. team. I just, 16 and a half. 16 and a half. <sighs> Give me St. V. Let's go, LeBron. Um, I'm picking a lot of dogs this week. Let's go, let's go St. V. Paris Campbell. Let's uh, let's see here. A team called Kings, K-I-N-G-S, uh, 
If they're playing a team called Aces, I'm taking Aces. Uh, they're playing a team called uh, Winton Woods. Oh, ah. And Winton Woods is favored by seven and a half. Winton Woods. No idea what a Kings is outside of yeah. card games, but because uh, I live in America, so Winton Woods all the way. Yeah, I think Winton Woods is gonna have to like really put one together here, mm-hmm. um, down the stretch. So nice little get right game for them. Seven and a half, Winston Woods covers. On the other side of the bracket, Westerville South plays Lake. Lake, six and a half point favorites. That would be the winner. The winner of that game is who we would play next week for the regional championship, assuming that we win. Safe assumption. I want Lake, and I want Lake bad. So I am willing them to win, cover, feel really good about themselves just to get fucking curb stomped next week. Yeah, let me look this up real quick. I thought they were... Yeah, so last week, Lake was 16.5 point favorites against the South, mm-hmm. and they won 13-7. Yeah. yeah, it wasn't an amazing showing for Lake last week. Couldn't even cover, like, on their own. Yeah. Yikes. Yeah, they scored less points than they were favored by. Yeah. Yeah. Um... But Lake six and a half, so they just need to you know win by one tutty against Westerville South, who's not a bad team. No, not a bad team, but also they play a lot of those same competition mm-hmm. that we've been watching. A, a very Columbus, known opponent to uh, yeah these Columbus last schools. Last couple teams we played, but I mean Lake plays the Fed. The Lake had a super easy schedule this year. Yeah, it was the Fed, and their out of conference games were not great. Um. Yeah, I'm willing Lake into just feeling. Yeah, let's do way it. Way too good about themselves coming into next week. Let's do it. Lake covers six and a half. Okay, we'll jump into some college games. Here's an interesting one for you. All right. TCU is traveling to Texas. Oh. Oh, that's gonna be the. Uh, um. Why am I blanking on the? Holy hell! I'm going dumb. Yeah, it's it's been happening for a while. Yeah, no, I think it's, we, it's I, noticeable. I think we've been there, but yeah, it's the, getting it's getting worse. Yeah, um, the, there's no help for me on this one. You are going to work this out <laughs> on air by yourself. I, I am the ESPN like the pregame show before you know it's like Fox has Big Noon kickoff and the college. It's pregame for what? All of the college games. Oh, okay. You know, they, they always go to a different city. Yeah, it's like... We went down and... Oh, yeah, because, like, that's the day of the game. Yeah. College game day. <laughs> Thank you so much. Got it. Holy hell. Woo! Yeah, Texas is favored by seven. Against seven. TCU. What has Texas done since they shut out OU? I don't pay attention to them that closely. I know they should have beat Bama with a backup quarterback. Yeah. Um, they, yeah, just destroyed Oklahoma in the their rivalry game. Mm-hmm. Uh, they must have won since then. They've been, I think they've been winning, but, like, not good. Well, they're seven-point favorites against TCU, who's on a heater. That's one way of putting it, yeah. Um. I'm just going to stick with the dogs. Let's go TCU. 
Yeah. TCU. Bama going to Ole Miss. Oh, God. Bama minus 11 and a half. Bama trash. Lane Kiffin knows the system. Uh, Ole Miss. Go Rebs. Yeah, I'm going to go with Ole Miss, too. I think there's some turmoil in Alabama right now. Former player just called him out. Really? Yeah. Um, one of their former players said that the issue with their team is that they're all focused on the newer guys. They're all focused on their NIL deals uh, and don't have the heart for the game. And then, like, Saban got asked about it, and, like, Saban started going on about, you know, every team has expectations, and these yep. are ours, and sometimes you don't meet your expectations. Which... That's, like, a kind way. I mean, it's, like, I mean, it's true. It's, like, hey, guys, like, you know, we go for being number one every single year, and everybody thinks of us as being number one every single year. So when we're anything less than that, yeah. it looks bad. But that was pretty much just his re- rebuttal to that. I mean... Sometimes you don't meet expectations. Their expectations are just so goddamn high. They are, but I expected them to like have a statement game. It's like every week, it's like, oh, That's, Bama needs to have a statement game. Yep. They're going to, they're not going to cover. They're going to double the cover this week. Oh no, they barely won. Okay, well, the next week, they haven't looked good for three weeks in a row. Like this is the one where they, ooh, just skates by. Uh oh. Mm-hmm. Okay, so now this is the one. I mean, Saban's got to have a blowout game, right? It's gonna. No, okay, they lost. Well, you know, bounce back after loss. Of, okay, okay, not really. They've, like, been winning, but they haven't had a statement game all year. So, like, the amount of times I've picked them because they have to have a bounce back, they have to have a statement, and they haven't. That was when I thought they were going to beat A&M by a million, and they just limped by that game. <laughs> yeah. But the other side of the coin is, like, their two losses are, what, Tennessee in overtime? Do they go to overtime or last second field goal? It's a walk off. Yeah, Tennessee walk off field goal. Yeah, and then LSU so like six seconds left. And then LSU yeah. walk off two point conversion. Yeah. So like a down Bama year is just to put this in perspective is two losses by a total of less than a touchdown. Yeah, and not burying teams. I think there technically is a way for them to still win the SEC championship. Oh, dear Lord. Um, I think, like, LSU needs to, like, drop a couple. But, like, they're not statistically out of it, I don't think. I think they can still win the East. And then they can move on to the championship game. Well, who do they... Is Georgia in the East as well? I guess Georgia would be in the East, so Bama's in the West. LSU, Bama. Yeah, that would make sense. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think, like, but, I mean, it's going to take some work, but they still statistically have a chance, I think. I think I saw that. I mean, I statistically have a chance to win the Powerball, but, you know, I'm not it's really. a better chance than winning the Powerball. I'm, but, not, yeah. I'm not shopping for yachts yet. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I mean, are they going to have the, are they going to have a statement game or are they just going to kind of, I think this year they're done. Like they, they win out, but just nothing amazing about it. Nothing spectacular. So they don't cover 11 and a half. That's what you're saying. I almost, I would almost take, uh, Ole Miss to win outright if you gave me the right odds. 
at eleven and a half, like you'd probably get decent odds for that. I don't yeah. I don't know what it I don't know the math, but plus plus three fifty. No, I'm talking straight up. Yeah. Ole Miss like plus three fifty maybe, three hundred. Yeah. Those are those are your odds. Ah, like, got it. Okay, like I see what you're saying. Three to one. Uh, yeah. I I don't know how these. I don't know how. I mean, it's not an exact. Um, points correlates to money line, but it's just more of a feel. Kind of a, a jet. Yeah, I mean, what would Ole? I mean, I could look it up, but I'm not going to. Uh, let's see here. Georgia minus sixteen and a half going to Mississippi State. Oh. My sweet summer child, Mike Leach, <laughs> you're going to get absolutely decimated by this Georgia defense, and there's not going to be a damn thing you can do about it. And that's just how it's going to be. Honestly, I think Georgia's defense could cover that by themselves. Yeah, I'm going to take Georgia as well. Next one, Washington is going to Oregon, Oregon 13 and a half. Has Washington done anything since they got sunned by Alabama in the <laughs> playoffs a few years back? Like a, a damn thing? Not that I know of. Oregon, besides themselves getting sunned by Georgia this year, has been pretty solid in the Pac-12. I'll take the Ducks to cover. Yeah, I'm going to go with uh, Oregon <laughs> as well. going to go with Alabama on that one? Yeah. Uh, Ole Miss plus 340 would be the money line. I was pretty close. I said like 3-3. Three, three. Okay, so, uh, so 3.4 to 1 would be your odds if you take them out right. Uh, Nebraska going to Michigan, Michigan 29 and a half. It's a versus a game. Michigan still hasn't played anybody. Nebraska is a glorified JV team this year. Michigan covers. Yeah, Michigan, they, they have a, a point to prove. They're just going to keep tacking them on. Indiana at Ohio State. Ohio State minus 40 and a half. Oh. Um, what's the forecast looking like? We're looking at 60 mile an hour winds? I didn't check the wind, but it's supposed to be clear. Whereas, you know, Friday night's supposed to be crappy weather. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be better in Mansfield than it is up here. So if you check the forecast up here, if you check the forecast in Akron, Cleveland, it looks pretty crappy. Mansfield, less crappy. So... You know, don't let that hinder your decision of going to a game or not. Uh, but in general, up here, weather is going to be pretty crap on Friday night. Uh, Saturday supposed to be clear. Cold, but clear. It's only like a high of like 34 all weekend. Hmm. 36, something like that. So, sunny, but cool. Um, You said Michigan's going to have a point to prove. Ohio State's going to have a point to prove. So... God, 40, 40 points and a half is a lot. lot of points, yeah. A lot of points. I mean, they did score 40 points, I forget how many consecutive weeks, up until last week. But, um, God, that is just, yeah, point to prove. Give me the points. 
Yeah, I'm going to go with Ohio State also. I, I don't think you accidentally score 40 points every single week. No. For like an FBS record. On accident. Yeah. So. You don't just stumble into something like that. Uh, yeah, I think they I think they cover as well. And the last one, as always, Big Walnut playing Maslin at Arlen Field in Mansfield. Friday night, maybe a little bit of rain. There are some wind gusts. Not something I'm going to have to worry about because I will be up at base this weekend, and instead of getting in there at midnight after watching the game live, I think I'll get in there nice and early and watch the game nice and warm and snuggly and cozy on my phone. Yeah, I mean, that's what the real fans do. Yep. Um, so, you could just go up there Saturday morning, but, you know, whatever. Nah, I don't want to have to, like, leave here at, like, 5.30. Yeah, that'd be very unmilitary-like. Don't want to wake up early. What's the what's the spread? Um, let me see here. For perspective, I think we were 28 or 29-point 20, favorites yeah, against 29. Perry. And then, like... 28 or 29 again last week. Yeah. Um, you can go ahead and thank me for my service. Maslin minus 32. Yeah, that's not going to happen. <laughs> and it's Maslin minus 31 and a half. So again. Damn it. You're just a little off, bud. Just a teens. Uh, 31 and a half. I think what the weather actually looks like at game time is going to be a big factor in that. Yeah. I mean, the last two weeks we put up, you know, 41 and 34 points strictly running the ball. So mm-hmm. I don't think weather's going to be much of a factor in the game unless it's literally like a hurricane. Weather's not going to be a factor. Um, so, yeah, I'm taking – I'm hammering Masson on that. Sounds good to me. So with that, uh, get out of the spreads, get into a little Q&A action now. Yeah, I mean, I don't think there's too much here, but there is a little. We got a couple. Um, uh, let's see here. Uh, I guess we'll just start with this one here. Uh, what are your thoughts on the all-county team selections? All right, all-county team. I had that pulled up here. I believe we had eight. Yeah, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, and eight. So all uh, I got to pull it up, MaslinTigers.com, the Boots Club website. It's got a nice little write-up on all of them. Uh, get your thoughts on it. Well, get both our thoughts on it. So doesn't seem to be any rhyme or reason how they listed it, so I'll just go in their order. First, we got Ardell Banks. Um 35 receptions, 759 yards, 11 touchdowns. Had his coming out party against St. Ed's for mm-hmm. 164 and two tutties. Um, I mean, I think it's well-deserved. I When he's on his game, I don't think there's a better receiver in Stark County. You, anything? Any thoughts? Yeah, I, I think that's like. No reply needed to that. Yes. Okay. He's picked up a couple Power Five offers mm-hmm. recently. Um. So I mean, I think there's gonna be more of that to come. 
he has to an extent proven himself he he's shown his max ability mm-hmm. this year you you've seen it so we haven't tried to like utilize him as much as you could because we don't have to yep we're able to run the ball a lot you don't have to just take shots but we have a great way of doing that we can take shots with them in general it's pretty safe you know those 50 50 balls become 75 25 balls he does a good job of stemming corners creating space leaving room for the quarterback to get the ball to him and then, of course, just the height and the size and the speed, and you know, it all works out in his favor. So uh, he draws a lot of pass interference calls, also. So really dangerous weapon. Uh, definitely the best receiver in Stark County. Next up, we got this one caught me off guard. Sophomore tight end Nolan Davenport. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's he has a uh, touchdown pass against Warren Harding. That it seemed like more or less drawn up for him. Yeah, uh, I know we called that play a couple other times. Just defense covered it up well, couldn't get the ball to him. It is what it is. But we have used him in the passing attack. He just hasn't seen the targets. But like I said earlier in the pod, he is very good at the point of attack. A very offensive lineman like tenacious blocker, and I think blocking ability alone well deserved. Yeah, I mean, the fact that he's been able to be a staple out there for us um, when we rely so heavily on, you know, our our run game and our blocking schemes, like he has to hold his own. So having a sophomore out there that that can do that, obviously he's proven his ability. That's things that the average fans probably don't pick up on. I mean, I don't watch him enough to recognize blocking skills blocking abilities i don't watch the any one lineman really that much to notice that but Mm -hmm. if you're out there if you're a staple for us you're getting reps all year long like you're doing good things so uh, i think another part of that is that like the tight end there's probably just not as many of them across the across the county yeah you know at most each team would have like one to pick from but uh, yeah, I mean, he's gone out there, he's blocked, and he's been a staple of our offense all year long, whether you see it in the stat book or not. So uh, definitely well-deserved for him, and being a sophomore, it really shows a promising future for him as well. Yeah, uh, next up, <laughs> I don't think we really need to say much on him, but uh, Trell, kind of self-explanatory. It's pretty good. He is definitely pretty decent at football. Uh, Just a couple interesting stats here. He's currently fifth all-time in rushing attempts for Maslin, fourth all-time in total yards. 144.5 yards per game is good for second Uh, all-time. It's a shame that he missed, like, over half half of his junior season. Yeah. Yeah. He's uh, running at a cool 6.5 yards per attempt, 11 consecutive games of 100 yards. For, that's good for first all time. 170 points this year, which is second all time. And that's, yeah, all we got interesting stats-wise. but Charles a dude. Got it. Yep. Dude's a dude. Going to be in the record books for a while, it seems like. Next up, 
Marcus Moore, senior defensive lineman. Um, I mean, we saw some highlights of him. Mm-hmm. Also a dude. Uh, part of that, you know, best front seven Maslin scene in quite some time. Yeah. Um, oh, that's how that reads. Okay, he's got nine tackles and 22 um, tackle assists. Okay. Ta- half tackles, what would you call that? What's I know there's a better word for it, but again... Assists, I think, yeah. is the... Nine tackles, 22 assists, and two sacks on the year as a defensive tackle. That's You don't get a lot of opportunities to sack the quarterback from that position. Mm-hmm. And like we said, also a dude. Yeah, he played a little bit of offensive line for us at the beginning of the year uh, while we were still banged up, and he was going both ways. Uh, I think he got banged up a little bit himself there a while, for a little bit, but... Uh, just an absolute beast on the defensive line for us with that position. It's not the flashiest one in the world. You know, you're not coming off the edge all that often. Um, he's not the one that has, like, the super quick, penetrating, noticeable backfield presence that, like, Big Mike has. But uh, Moore is just eating up double teams. He's holding the point of attack. He's not getting pushed back at all. He holds his ground, covers his gaps. And most importantly, he's keeping our linebackers clean, which is a huge factor in why our front seven is as good as it is. Sometimes it's not the people that have the flashiest play out there. They don't have all of the stats, but a huge crucial aspect of the defense. Damn right. Next up, we got uh, De'Aire Pringle. Safety, he's got uh, 35 tackles and 21 assists on the year. Four and a half tackles for loss and three PBUs. So, you know, we've seen predominantly rushing teams this year on defense. Not necessarily going to get as many opportunities to be a threat in the pass game as you would, you know, as you would Mm -hmm. think you would see from an all-county safety. But he's out there. He's getting his nose dirty, doing his job, and making plays. Yeah, I mean, starting safety for us all year. Um, yeah, I mean, j- just the the flow of the season, the teams we play, there haven't been all of that many opportunities for our secondary in general. Uh, the few times that we've got ahead on teams and they had to throw. But uh, a real big staple of our defense are the safeties that have to come up and make tackles, right? they got to clean up plays. they gotta they got to be willing to tackle. Coach Hack is all over them about it. Uh, it's nice that, you know, with how good our front seven is, you know, the safeties don't have, we don't rely on them as much with how dominant our front seven is, but you don't see those breakaway runs this year, right? Mm -hmm. We've had a couple, um, like passes that, you know, have gotten away from us and gave up a couple big plays early in the year. We really haven't given up many, if at all, explosives since Moeller. Yeah, I mean, Fitch had a... Had one or two, I think, on us. And, you know, just... Yeah. These are like one or two plays total. Yeah. Right? But... uh, Yeah, yeah. But we haven't given up any long runs, really, that I can think of at all. And that means even if you do get past our front seven, 
our safeties are cleaning it up. I've mentioned a couple of times when we watch Page's highlights that it, a lot of his highlights are just, you know, making open field tackles six, seven, eight yards downfield. And it might not seem like that amazing of a play when you're watching it because oh, it's always an eight, you gave up eight yards. But what it is, it's the safeties preventing big plays. You come up, you make tackles, you limit them to what it is. You got six, you got seven, good for you. That's it. We're not going to miss tackles and just give up really long plays. Uh, so I think that's another big part of our defense. You know, you hold a team to 60 yards total, but if they accidentally break one off, you know, that doubles their yeah. yards in a game. And that's something that we haven't done pretty much all year, especially the latter half of the season. We haven't given up those big plays. So that's the safeties coming up and cleaning things up. Mm-hmm. Next up, we got his. Uh little big brother dorian pringle 38 tackles 29 assists 15 and a half tfls five and a half sacks Mm -hmm. that is quite a bit for a mike linebacker yeah i mean he's an absolute dude stud in the middle of the field uh just an explosive player sideline to sideline he reads the plays really well He's able to attack the hole, make a lot of plays in the backfield. He's really good at blitzing. Mm-hmm. He's really good at Shot out of a getting can. around linemen, getting off a lineman. Uh, and also part of that is the defense lineman keeping him clean as well, giving him an easier path of ball. Absolute stud in the middle of the defense and a really tough ball carrier for us as well. Yeah, he's uh, rushed 32 times for 209 yards at a cool 6.5 yards per clip with four tutties and – as well on offense he's when he's not carrying the ball he's a lead blocker for trail out there and just absolutely obliterating dudes opening up holes and just you know looking like a dude not much else to say about that mm-hmm. uh we got now we got old qb number two Jalen slaughter let's see it's uh passing at about a 55 percent Completion percentage, 19 touchdowns, 1,661 yards against Ed's, you know, our statement game this year so far. He was uh, 18 for 32, 295 yards, and three touchdowns. Uh, He's a really good decision maker. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't see him making a lot of uh, bad throws, bad interceptions. There's a couple sprinkled in there, but he's a sophomore. Yeah. Um, I like when... You know, when he goes to run, he's or when he's scrambling around in the backfield, he's still looking to throw, still looking to make the play. He's not just like, oh, my first read's not open, tuck it and run. Yeah. He's, um, I mean, especially for his age, he's a really good quarterback. Mm-hmm. I think he's done everything that we've asked him to do this year. In general, like you said, he's really safe with the ball. He's smart. Uh, he's a good decision maker. Uh, he does have that scrambling ability, which uh, you see it periodically, uh, especially like the last, you know, you don't see it against the teams. You don't need to see it, but he's made some really big plays this year by scrambling, keeps his eyes downfield. One last week that I thought was really good, uh, play breaks down, he's rolling to his left. There's a receiver, I think it might have been Tolles, like right on the sideline. And he was the immediate option. It's like, I got my hands in the air, throw it to me. There's like a linebacker in front of him. And I think most quarterbacks would have like just immediately ran it because they got outside the pocket. 
So mm-hmm. I don't throw it the ball anymore. Once I get out of the pocket, I'm just running. Or two, just trying to throw it to him right away. That's the first guy I see. And you could have thrown it over the linebacker's head, dropped it into holes. Instead, he scans the field a little bit more, sees another receiver like 10, 12-ish yards downfield, mm-hmm. fires an absolute rocket to him, hits him in the chest on the run. Um, and that's just his ability to keep his eyes down the field. Knows He, he knows that he still has that option. I'm gonna call. I'm gonna say it was tolls. I don't know the guy on the sideline. Tolls. Yeah. Um. You still have that option. You can still run it. You can still scan the field. There was no immediate threat on him. He does a really good job with the decisions. Um. You know he doesn't throw into traffic really. Uh. The couple interceptions he he does have are you know like fifty fifty balls that left a little bit short. Um. But does a really good job with the ball he's done everything that we've asked him to do and i i think that's all we've needed him to do Mm -hmm. and for a sophomore quarterback we've asked him to do quite a bit yes you know you look at our passing attack last year once he got into the game and was starter it was pretty simple just basic mirrored concepts one read type deals uh we'd go a little bit of a rollout or some heavy play action stuff you know, not giving him too much to look at, just here's one, here's two, and then throw it away or go run. This year, we've we've run quite a bit uh, as far as a high school passing attack goes, and he's been able to execute pretty much all of it, you know. Even, I think, a couple of his interceptions, it's like either tip balls or I. we talked about it to death, the, the bonehead INT against uh, McKinley, but those are few and far between. He's been you know a phenomenal quarterback high football iq athlete and he's got the arm to be able to put the ball where he wants it to be so with that we got our last guy on the list evan sergo junior left tackle i believe uh replaced marcus moore this year early in the season and has been an absolute force on us for the offensive line. Yeah, I mean, in general, offensive line has been good this year, a lot better than I expected them to be. Um, I'm very pleased with how they've played this year, and uh, he's one of the five guys out there every week pretty much. So, uh, like I stated before, I, I don't watch them individually too often. Every now and then I will notice like something that happens during a play, mm-hmm. but I don't watch them very much i don't go back and watch the film of them very much but uh i think anybody on our offensive line this year you know could have been honored with this yeah um yeah i don't have much else to add he's he hasn't stood out to me in a bad way at any point i can remember yeah that's really the thing for me with offensive linemen it's like usually if i'm noticing somebody it's it's a bad thing Mm -hmm. and honestly yeah any any one of any f- words are hard pick any one of our offensive linemen they could have made mm-hmm. uh, the all-star county team all deservedly so we talked about it they're just a bunch of a uh, bunch of tenacious maulers up front so with that uh, we got one more question in there up yes All right, not to look ahead of ourselves, but I definitely feel that these first three playoff games have just been scrimmages, in quotations, in preparation for what is coming next. With that being said, 
What are your concerns or worries going forward? Concerns or worries? Um, I think it's been the lack of competition down the stretch. You yes. know, like you said, McKinley game, it's its own thing. Uh, but ever since St. Ed's, we really haven't played anybody. And Fitch was supposed to be good. I think that Delaware team came in and played a lot better than we thought they would be. Gave us a game a little bit. You know, kind of, I think, scared us back into reality of, oh, this is still a team coming in here trying to win. Yeah. But the playoffs, man, I mean, Perry, just a bunch of dirty little bastards. But other than that, they didn't really give us a game. The football club, Canal Winchester, mm-hmm. they, I, oh, I'd be hard-pressed to call that an exhibition. Yeah, that's also my concern as well. Once again, if you exclude McKinley, this will be our sixth straight game where we're at least 29-point favorites. Damn. That's like almost 30. Yeah. (laughs) That's over half a season of consistently being just absolute blow-up favorites. Mm -hmm. Uh, But, I mean, I think in the region we play, that's kind of what you expect in the playoffs. And I think having McKinley there does help. Because that breaks it up. That it's a super serious game. It's a tough, hard-fought game. So it's not like we're rolling into it straight from two out-of-state teams and a Canada scrimmage and then the playoffs, right? So we did have that McKinley game in there to help break it up. But um, McKinley's its own beast. Outside of that, we've been very untested. I think we have shown ourselves well. There was the one game where I wasn't ecstatic about how we played. Mm-hmm. But... Um, you know, it's go time. I, I think the coaches know, like, the our region's not super tough. Yeah. But we're leading into the rest of it, right? We still got to go out there and win. Mm. I mean, our region wasn't real tough last year either. You still got to go out there. You have to win every game. You have to keep moving. So it's just one step at a time. And as long as we're going out there, taking every rep seriously, using every rep as a practice against a live other team, a live opponent to better ourselves, then it's not an issue. It's when you lose focus, you realize you're not playing good teams and you take a step back. These other teams are playing better competition. They are getting better every week. So we also have to go out there and keep getting better every week. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only thing I'd like to add is it's, it's, now it's nobody's fault like we can't control necessarily the level of competition we've played down the stretch mm-hmm. you know you schedule molar week one you've got eds right in the middle of the season mckinley game week 10 as always um and then from there it's just finding teams that are even willing to play us you know fitch always plays yep. us tough uh god bless glen oak they keep coming back and then it's just scrambling to fill the back half of the schedule. Yeah, once you get into um, league games, mm-hmm. it's harder and harder to find teams. And, I mean, that's a consistency for us. It's hard to find teams that are willing to play us. And I think we were hoping that maybe the out-of-state teams were a little bit more competitive than they were. Yeah. 
Um, you know, it's no one's fault, but that's just the hand we were dealt, and there's nothing we can change about it. Mm-hmm. And we definitely can't change anything about who we play in the playoffs. So you just got to go out there and get better every week. And just to the point on the playoffs, I mean, OSHA wants to expand another week, add a bunch more scrub teams in. You can't help that you're the one seed playing a 16 seed. That's just how the playoffs shake out. Yeah, we have yet. Well, both of the teams we played so far would not have made the playoffs in the current format. In the previous format. Previous format. Neither Perry or Canal Winchester. I mean, Canal Winchester beat the number eight team, so I guess you could like say they were deserving. But in the old format, they would not have made it. Yep. So with that, it's, I mean... You play who you play, um, and as far as just the schedule as a whole this year, regular season at least, I thought it was a pretty good one. We rank like second hardest schedule overall on D two. Yeah, it's just down the stretch that you run into these mm-hmm. uh, kind of a lull in the schedule, and if the team gets a little sleepy, that's my that would be my only concern if I'm looking for one. But quite frankly, I think I've seen this team come in and get ready and take care of business since that little scare against Delaware. Yeah, they haven't shown me anything that would be of concern, mm-hmm. but just in general, if I had to pick something about you know, the three playoff scrimmages right now, um, that would be it. And the uh, second half of the question is, how do you think the outside zone running scheme we've been using has looked the last few weeks? Getting Trail to the edge with his ability to cut back will be huge and just another thing that teams will have to prepare for. So, like I said earlier, um, it's not going to be a run that we can really lean on that hard. It's just such a wildly different technique um, blocking-wise than any other kind of run play that we have in our playbook that you can't be necessarily that good at it because you can't, you're not going to run as much. It's not your bread and butter. But we've shown it on film. We talked about it. I think for an auxiliary run, uh, we are an exceptionally good team at it. And we got a dude that's really good at running with the ball in space. Um, I think Trell, when you get him out in the open field with a head of steam, he's going to be hard to bring down. He'll make dudes miss. Uh, he's really good at reading it, at knowing where to at making that, like you said, that Nick Chubb, you know, that one-cut run. And I I like all of the auxiliary runs that we have in the playbook that we can bust out, you know, as more of a game plan-specific type deal, depending on what the defense is showing us. If they want to sell out and just pinch four guys inside to stop power, then we'll run right outside of you. If you want to oversell one side, we'll hit counter backside. Um, you know, GT counter or... OF counter, whatever we want to run, um, inside zone, mid zone, outside. We got the zone slice action we haven't really used much, but it's a really good play against certain teams. I think uh, that was good money for us against Hoban a couple years back where you're taking the F and slicing him back across the entire line to block backside on your zone plays. We just have a pretty good run game menu, and we're we're a phenomenal power run team and when teams feel like they can't line up and stop us in their base defense you're gonna have to oversell 
and you're picking and choosing what you're giving up, and we have enough run plays to take advantage of where the defense wants to oversell at. Yeah, I mean, that's the way I see it as well. Uh, I think watching the film, our line did very good at uh, the blocking for it. They reached very well. They sealed really well. They created huge holes for Trell. And uh, I think it just adds one more wrinkle. Like you said, it, you know, if that, if that is the factor that keeps teams from pinching or trying to sell out against uh, power, then, you know, more power to us. So I think it's just one more wrinkle. It's one more thing to keep defenses honest. Right. If, if we can't do that, it might allow defenses to, you know, kind of hone in on what we are good at. So just having that ability keeps defenses honest, and that's kind of been a theme we keep going back to, uh, being a well-rounded team and not letting teams or coaches just key in on any one thing. Yeah. Um, got nothing else to add to it. Uh, no more questions tonight. Rob, you got anything else? No, I think that's it. Uh, I mean, that's all the questions re- we received. So, yeah. you know, it's not what we're picking and choosing here. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, um, just anything, you know, send them to us. Yeah. You can send it to us, you know, usually once a week when we remember. Um, lately, it's been Hank that's been sending out <laughs> the tweets asking people for questions. But uh, we see them if you send them to us. At so, any time. yeah, you can send it to us on a Tuesday night. You can send it to us Friday while you're at the game. On your way to the game, after a game, you can do it Saturday when you're thinking about the game. You can do it whenever the hell you're listening to this and just a question pops into your yeah, head. Yeah, do it while you're listening to, the, listening to the podcast. You can do it after going to the Booster Club meeting on Monday. You know, whenever, if you send, it, send us something, we see it. So, um, depending on what it is, we might just reply to it. Like, if you had a question about something, we might just reply. Uh, if it's something that we think is more designed to be put on air, we, good, we, yeah. we wait until we record this. But send us whatever you're thinking whenever. And uh, let me know if you use our code word at any local pizzeria. I, I genuinely want to know how it goes down. So <laughs> Yeah, I'd like uh, one large pepperoni um, and Black Swarm sent me. Who? Exactly. No, we have a deal in place. Like I've talked to the, I've talked to them. Oh, you've talked to the pizzas. I've talked to the pizza. I've talked to Big Pizza. Oh, talked to Big Pizza. Big Pizza is on board. All right. Um, they will give our customers regular price. That's a hell of a deal, right there, man. I just want to make sure that it works. Yeah. And I want so I I need feedback from people. If you're going to the pizza place, use our code word. Like, did it work? Did you get regular price? And we always talk about Krauses, but I I want to give a little shout out to uh, Jay's Pizza. Mm. Little, you know, little off the. If you're tired of the double crust, little off the beaten path, go to Jay's. Mention Black Swarm. You will probably still get regular price. Yeah, most likely. I mean, you can go to like, what is that, Yours Pizza? Is that what it's called out yeah, there? Yeah, Your Pizza. Um, yeah, uh, I know the guy that runs it. Not by name, apparently, but he's friends with my dad, I think. Um, they do. <laughs> has had good service with them. Ah. Um, so, no, I think like my dad does know him, but I don't know his name. But, yeah, that's another place. Try getting uh, regular priced food from there. Yeah. I mean... It's hard to beat regular price, mm-hmm. you know. 
So. Yeah, I mean, like, if they have deals going on or you have coupons, like, those are still applicable. Oh, yeah. No, you can stack yeah. this deal with any yeah. other coupon that you can stack. Yes, correct. Yeah. You know, you're not just locked into their retail price. It's yeah. whatever they got going on plus this on top of it. Yeah, you're not taking the you're not taking the 10 um, box, like, the 10 coupons for the free one from Krause's mentioning our name, and then you have to pay full price. Yeah. Um. I think if you go in there with ten box tops and box you tops, thank you Holy and you hell. say black swarm, I think you still get the dollar off your next meal. Yeah, I think that's how that works. Can't confirm. It might work if you don't say black swarm. I would assume you'd still get regular price. Yeah. Um. I there is one way you can get it for free though, is if you go in there, you mention black swarm, and you just take your pizza and don't pay. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't condone that. That's stealing, but it will be free to you at least once. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, nothing else to add on to that one? I mean, I wouldn't recommend stealing a pizza. Like I said, we don't condone it, Um, but I'm just saying it is an option. Well, the thing, it would still be regular price. Yeah. You just wouldn't be paying it. Yes. Okay. But it would be free to you. Okay, you acquired a pizza yeah. without any payment. Yeah, listen, I'm a big ideas guy. Yeah, I see that. I'm not necessarily a big good ideas guy, mm-hmm. but I have plenty of ideas. So they all just most of them come with the disclaimer of probably shouldn't do it, but you know, hey, you're. I would assume most of you are all adults here listening to this, so uh, you make your own decisions. Yeah, I'm not here to tell you what to do. Yeah, but we are here to tell you to mention Black Swarm when you buy your pizza. Code word. Black Swarm. No spaces. No spaces. All one word. If you have to type it in, the S is capitalized. Yeah, it's how I stylize it. It doesn't necessarily make a difference. Mm-hmm. The code word's not case sensitive. Yeah. So with that, uh, that's all we got tonight, folks. Go Tigers. Beat Big Walnut. Go Tigers. Go Tigers.